Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Amazon was a world unto itself, a sprawling labyrinth of towering trees and thick undergrowth. Here, the air was alive with the symphony of a thousand creatures a testament to the pulse of life that thrummed beneath the forest's verdant canopy. Sunlight filtered down in dappled rays, casting a golden hue over everything it touched. The forest floor was a tangle of roots and fallen leaves, a natural carpet that crunched softly beneath my boots. The scent of damp earth and the subtle undertones of exotic flora filled my nostrils, a unique perfume that was both intoxicating and daunting. Our group, a band of five seasoned hunters, had been chosen for a chilling task. We were to track down and eliminate an enigmatic beast, a creature of nightmares that had been responsible for a series of grisly deaths among the local population. The expedition took us deep into the heart of the Amazon, a realm where man was merely an intruder. Our quarry was cunning, elusive, and far more intelligent than we had been led to believe. 
It was as if we were playing a deadly game of chess, with the forest as our board and our lives as the stakes. Encounters with the creature were brief, terrifying, and always unexpected. It would strike from the shadows, its presence heralded by an unnatural silence that would fall over the forest. I still remember the chilling echo of its growl, a sound that seemed to shake the very air around us. It was a sound that hunted us in our dreams, a haunting melody that questioned our sanity. Each attack left us reeling, both physically and mentally. The creature was relentless, its intelligence almost human. Like, it began to feel less like we were hunting it, and more like it was hunting us. Our final confrontation with the beast was a whirlwind of adrenaline and terror. It was then that we employed an innovative, yet realistic strategy to kill the creature. Using a combination of traps and fire, we managed to corner the beast. The traps were an array of concealed pitfalls, camouflaged with leaves and branches. Once the beast was lured into our trap, we lit the forest floor, a flame using a controlled fire line. The flames, bright and hungry, spread rapidly, their dance reflecting in the terrified eyes of the beast. The creature roared and thrashed, but the fire was a formidable foe. Finally, overcome by the smoke and heat, the beast collapsed. We watched as the flames consumed the creature turning it into nothing more than ash and smoke. The mission was a success, but it came at a great cost. We had lost two of our own, and our sanity had been stretched thin. As we made our way back through the eerily silent forest, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. We had won the battle, but the war with the unknown was far from over. The forest was still there, still teeming with life and secrets. A constant reminder that man was not the only master of this world. As a wildlife expert, my name is Grills, and I had been summoned to Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming to assess the growth and well-being of the park's wildlife population. It was an opportunity to delve into the heart of nature and witness firsthand the majestic creatures that roamed these lands. After arriving in Yellowstone, I wasted no time and embarked on a leisurely walk through the expansive wilderness. The air carried the scent of pine and fresh earth, invigorating my senses. As I ventured deeper into the thick forest, a hushed serenity enveloped me. And then, amidst the towering trees and dappled sunlight, I caught sight of a figure unlike anything I had ever encountered before. A Sasquatch. The legendary creature stood before me, its presence both awe-inspiring and surreal. This particular Sasquatch had a dense, brown coat that blended seamlessly with the surrounding foliage. Its fur glistened with a deep, earthy hue, intermingled with subtle highlights of chestnut and mahogany. Each strand of hair appeared robust and well-maintained, a testament to its formidable existence. Standing at an impressive height, the Sasquatch easily exceeded eight feet, its massive frame exuding raw power and strength. Its shoulders were broad and muscular, accentuating its commanding presence. I marveled at the creature's sturdy limbs, 
each limb adorned with dense patches of hair that tapered off toward the hands and feet. The Sasquatch possessed an air of tranquility as it nonchalantly meandered through the forest. It seemed to pay no heed to my presence, as if acknowledging my role as an observer, unworthy of its attention. Its gaze was distant, as if lost in the timeless rhythm of the wilderness. With a slow and deliberate gait, the Sasquatch moved with an effortless grace. Its steps were measured, leaving behind minimal disturbance in the undergrowth. The forest floor seemed to welcome its presence, allowing the Sasquatch to move in harmony with its surroundings. A sense of astonishment washed over me, leaving me in a state of silent reverence. The encounter with this elusive creature surpassed all expectations, and I stood rooted to the spot, mesmerized by its existence. In that moment, I felt a deep connection with nature and the mysteries it holds. The Sasquatch, unaware of the impact it had made on me, continued its solitary journey through the woods, fading into the depths of the wilderness. It was a sight that would forever be etched in my memory, a testament to the untamed beauty and resilience of the natural world. With a renewed sense of wonder, I continued my exploration of Yellowstone National Park, humbled by the reminder that there are still mysteries to unravel and creatures that exist beyond our understanding. The encounter with the brown Sasquatch became a cherished chapter in my wildlife expertise, forever igniting my curiosity and reminding me of the magic that lies within the realm of nature. Not creepy at the time, but when I was a young kid, 810, my friend and I used to wander the forest behind our neighborhood. We used to get so excited to find things, and once came across a small campsite, complete with the removable backseat of a van, a small fire pit, and a couple cans of food with a dirty pot nearby. This was obviously someone's spot, as we came back a couple times a week, and things were different, more food. Sometimes we would find articles of clothing, but being naive kids, we thought nothing of it and would hang around the spot for hours. During the wintertime, we found an abandoned jungle gym in the middle of the woods. That was creepy as hell. Around that time, we discovered a small pond that had frozen over. I tried to walk across it, but fell through the ice. I was so afraid I peed my pants. I couldn't touch the bottom, and I struggled to climb back onto the ice. During my struggle, a small pack of wild dogs only like three or four, showed up on the opposite side of the pond and started barking and growling. It was awful. I finally got out, and we booked it home. I never went back, not even to the little hobo campsite. As we sat at the four-way stop, I couldn't help but feel uneasy. It was dead quiet, and the only light came from the moon and our headlights. The other drivers looked just as confused as we did. My dad rolled down his window and asked if anyone knew the way to Menifee. One of the drivers pointed to the road on the right and said that it was the way. We nodded our thanks and continued on our way. As we drove down the dark road, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was off. It was as if we were the only people in the world. Then, out of nowhere, we saw something in the middle of the road up ahead. My dad slowed down, and as we got closer, we saw that it was a man lying in the middle of the road. 
My dad immediately stopped the car and we got out to check on him. He was conscious, but he was clearly in pain. He told us that he had been walking home from a bar when a car hit him and drove off. We helped him to his feet and got him into the car. We took him to the nearest hospital, which was about an hour away. As we drove, the man kept muttering to himself. He said that he didn't understand why no one had stopped to help him. He said that he had been lying in the road for over an hour before we came along. My dad tried to comfort him, but I could tell that he was just as shaken up as I was. We eventually made it to the hospital, and the man was taken in for treatment. My dad and I waited in the waiting room for hours, until we finally got word that the man was going to be okay. We didn't get back on the road until the sun had come up. That night still sticks with me. It was a surreal experience, and I still can't believe that we were the only ones who stopped to help. It makes you wonder what other things go on in the world, when no one is around to witness them. Afternoon, about four years ago, inside my house, three helmeted figures appeared out of light gray mist. Next to my kitchen, all wore helmets and loose spaceship, like suits, all with greenish glow. What struck me most about all three were big googles, each wore inside their helmets. Two appeared to be using probes to take samples from my house walls, floors, and kitchen items. Third one acted like their leader, saw me looking, came towards me, got in my face, and mentally, mm, angrily communicated. You can't see me, I replied, both verbally and mentally. Yes, I can, at which point that humanoid appeared to be having a temper tantrum, and again, mentally, you can't see me. You're not one of us. While the above might seem strange or unbelievable to you, it's actually affirmation for me about encounter in my childhood, which I'll briefly relate. I was maybe four years old. We lived rural an old couple across the street raised a few chickens. They liked me and let me visit and help feed chickens. Candle eggs. One day I just went over to see the chickens and saw several humanoid figures wearing goggles, suits, helmets. All appeared green in color. Most had syringe using to take samples from chickens, the ground, wooden coop trees. Looking beyond, I saw. Again, I was only four years old. Not afraid, just wondering and accepting whatever I saw as a child. More of them. In my neighbor's orchard, one helmeted figure saw me looking, came over, and telepathically told me, you can see me, you must be one of us, and tone of communication was welcoming and happy. He shared more about them and communicated what they were doing, but that was beyond me a small child. In both encounters, I could actually sense how they were as creatures. The humanoids to me were clearly male and mammal, like that's how they felt. My using capital letters for sense and felt, says my having an extra sensory, feel for them as individuals, their minds and bodies. Over years, I've had encounters with humanoids and other temporal and paranormal, creatures to include reptilian. This is my third posting on Reddit about my encounters. Each time I sense something tries to prevent my sharing. At some point, I'll post how I try to handle now and over past years. A few months ago, one night, I, female, 22, 
was driving back from my friend's house while on the phone with another friend. He was on speaker. Don't worry. I don't text and drive low. Anyways, I'm coasting through a neighborhood I've been through multiple times, chatting away when I see this tall white figure standing in the middle of the road, like right on the yellow lines, facing my direction and completely still. It was bald and it looked like it was wearing long robes or something. The thing was also way taller than a human, because at first I thought it was a homeless person. But as I kept driving and tried to register what was happening, it, like, swooshed beside my car, and I screamed. My best friend was yelling, Are you okay? On my speakerphone, the white glowing thing had stood beside my car outside my window, just perfectly still as I drove by. And at first I thought it was glowing, because of my headlights, but it was still glowing as it was beside me, still facing the road and so tall, its hips were at my eye level. I kept driving, shell-shocked. I got home safely, but completely freaked out. I asked my dad what he thought it could be, because he's super religious. His guess was something from a different dimension. I feel crazy, but I know what I saw. I was completely sober and wide awake, too. Ever since this happened, it's been on my mind. I've kind of been hoping I would see the thing again, just for confirmation. I'm not crazy. Has anyone ever experienced something like this? Edit. Thank you to everyone giving me your input and not calling me crazy. Lo, I'm sorry if this story was disjointed or difficult to read, but I appreciate all your comments. My wife from the Philippines, she's seen a giant as a child in the province while washing clothes with her mother down at the river near her old home. My older brother and deceased grandfather explained seeing something that sounded like most dogman accounts on our family farm. Back in Kentucky, my mother, whom was a devout born-again Christian woman that had never in her life heard of the whole reptilian conspiracy, watched a man playing the organ in church change into what she described as a serpent for a split second. She said he had a reaction to the fact that he changed and looked around to see if anyone noticed. She was the only person that seen it, and when he seen the expression on her face as she stood there looking at him, she said he just grinned at her. I'd like to add the man she seen change, although he was in church playing the organ, is a convicted chomo. Me myself, I have in my possession a video of what I thought was a UFO, but turned out to be an orb just a bit larger than a man. It came all the way down from looking like a star in the sky to being right directly behind the guard shack I was in on, on the other side of the door from me. I couldn't see it with my naked eye, only the night vision cameras, which I was able to rewind and fast forward, if you're curious how I was able to document the entire experience. I got the recording while doing graveyard shift security job in a truck dock at a cigar factory. If I can ever figure out how to combine all my videos from that night, I'll gladly share them with the community. I was hiking and camping in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains with intent to summit some mountains the next few days. I make camp for the night, and I'm just enjoying the evening when I hear a bunch of motorized equipment, four-wheelers, and dirt bikes below me, tearing up in the meadow. There are probably 20-25 people in this group. The route I came in 
didn't allow any motorized equipment, but oh well, what can you do anymore? So they start to make camp also and are boisterous and loud. I am certain there is a lot of alcohol being consumed. Not the experience I was planning to have, but I am moving on in the morning. Around 11 p.m., I'm trying to sleep in my tent. And the hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The party is still raging. Then the gunshots start. The drunks are just shooting wildly in all directions, out of their camp to being the party to a whole other level. I'm about 400 feet away, and they are shooting in my direction. There is a large boulder near my campsite. So I exit my tent and set my sleeping bag up on the other side of the boulder to avoid being struck by any stray bullets that might travel that far. I pack up and leave in the morning and encounter one of the group awake smoking a cigarette. He asked where I came from, and I indicated by pointing and said where you were shooting at. At last night, his reply was, Oh, and I just walked away. I went back to that area about a month later, and all of their trash was left behind. Out of staters, coming to Colorado and trashing it to have a good time on vacation is one of the reasons I left the state to live somewhere less popular for tourism and more wild. That will change someday, too. A couple years ago, when I was still in high school, my friend and I were walking along a long and lonesome road in southern Pennsylvania. We were bored as hell and looking for bottles alongside the road to smash against rocks and trees, just talking about nothing as we went along. Very few cars travel that road, and for a long time we didn't see any. So we just walked in the road now and then. I don't remember when I noticed, but the entire world turned red. It was as if a red curtain was pulled in front of the sun and washed everything in a light crimson tinge. It started us bad, and I'm glad he was there to confirm it, because I thought I was going crazy or having a stroke or something. When nothing happened for a while, we just kept walking, but I felt extremely on edge, like something was very wrong. Eventually, the red light faded after what felt like forever, but was probably 10 or 15 minutes. I have never seen or heard of anything like it before or since. I was with my friends at a cottage in middle of the forest. Secluded as F, we went there to party hard and spent three days being completely craft-faced. We had just as much hard alcohol as we had water. So this night, when it's after midnight, 
we decide to take a stroll to a nearby Jewish graveyard. We're in Czech Republic, on German border. I don't know why there is cemetery over there. There is literally no civilization all around it. Well, so we set off. We have to follow a dirt trail through a very dense forest with no other light source, other than my camera's orange focusing light, which, surprise, barely illuminated anything. Needles to say we were faced. We barely walked. I had my German shepherd with me who kept running back and forth, making sure his herd of friends is safe. Fast forward to cementery. Nothing weird has happened. We poked around, did some silly crap, and then decided to return. Once we are going through the most claustrophobic area of the forest, I can hear a rustling in the bushes, something moving very, very loudly. I use focus on my camera for the little orange light and see a figure, so I click the button to take a picture with a flash. Everyone screamed as we saw a person who yelled back gibberish and continued to walk towards us like a freaking zombie. We set off and run. My doggo, probably confused, starts to bark and runs with us. It's only that we stopped running, that one of our friends yells back at us that we're idiots, and that it's one of our buddies who got lost on the way to cemetery. Later, he passed out, so we had to drag him back. I told the F that it wasn't the best idea to bring rum with him. Kinda upset at our mitts later. What if we completely forgot about him? He had to have been alone for more than 30 minutes, while barely conscious. Several years ago, I believe I had an encounter with a small humanoid or juvenile Sasquatch. I can't say for sure due to the lack of visuals. It was fairly late in the evening, I'd say, around 9.30. I don't know the month or year anymore, but it was at least 10 years ago, and the weather was cool. Maybe early spring. I was working on cleaning up the property. I buy and recondition old items to sell, so I'm always cleaning up a mess. As usual, I was also in a hurry. It was dark and I was following a route in the yard. I knew in the dark. After several trips putting trash in cans and putting things away, I tripped over a stack of two tires. The trouble was, I knew immediately those tires had been moved from a previous spot, a couple of feet away. I busted my ass. After I hit the ground, I just paused and slowly sat up and leaned back with the top of my head, resting on the back of an old Ford pickup. At that point, I looked down the side of another old Ford that was right behind the one I was leaning my head on. As I was looking, I was staring across the street neighbor's outside light. It was angled so that it would shine right in my eyes from where I sat. As I did this, a small, hairy head popped out from behind the truck behind the one I was leaning on. I could only see a profile due to the lights, but it was hairy. If it was proportional, it was short. I could have sworn I saw it shake, as if silently laughing. Then, poof, gone. I just sat there and out loud, and a normal voice said, No way. That was the only visual I had, and as I said, it was limited. I've had smells that were horrible drift by once in a while. Rocks are tossed onto metal roofs. Nights where I know I'm being watched. Slaps on my house were heard by my girlfriend while I was out of town. Slaps on my neighbor's house. I live in Roy City, Texas. I'm not way out in the boonies, but not in town either. We are just east of Dallas, Texas. We are near the Trinity River Valley. 
If they are anywhere, they are there. Maybe you have other reports from this area, from several years ago. Just glad to tell someone. I was camping with my Boy Scout troop in Alpine, New Jersey, when I was in early 8th grade, November of 2010. I stepped out of the cabin in the middle of the night to take a piss and went out and did my business. I stood outside for a second, taking in the campsite. I was standing by a picnic table and glanced around. The moon was so bright that it made the sky look dark blue rather than black, and there was a light fog ominously cascading along the campsite. I heard a rustling in some bushes and didn't think much of it at first, but it continued and got louder, slowly. I moved my flashlight along until I got to the source of the noise as it got louder and louder. I looked over and saw something that I still don't quite understand. To be honest, this thing was gigantic, standing on hind legs. He was tall and had a muscular body with fur that looked to be black, dark gray. He had the head of a dog wolf, only thicker, and the weirdest part, yellow eyes. I stared at him, and he stared at me, and then he just vanished. Ran away faster than I could even blink. I was so bewildered that I blacked out for a minute and had to sit down, but I went back to the cabin and tried to go back to sleep. I managed to block it out of my mind for a while. Repressed. Memories is the term. I believe but it eventually resurfaced when I watched an episode of Monster Quest about werewolves. This doesn't really bother me anymore, truthfully. I actually think it was pretty damn cool, almost like the setting for a perfect horror movie lol. The funny thing is, I feel like this thing didn't want to see me any more than I wanted to see him. It's as if we looked at each other and just silently agreed to say nothing, leave each other alone, and then act like all this shit never happened. I personally don't buy into all that transformation, bark at the moon be easy. I think werewolves are more of an undiscovered species. I stayed with the troop for a while after making Eagle to help mentor some younger scouts, and while I'll always be known as the fun leader, probably due to being closer in age, I still always stress to them that the buddy system is mandatory at all times, because my night could have been much different if this wolf creature I saw was a little more on the confrontational side. Cue the creepy organ music, lightning crackling, evil laugh howling. This was in Meridian State Park, and it isn't spooky, just kind of weird and terribly short. I went to a small private school, and every year we would do a camping trip to Meridian. Nothing odd ever really happened until my senior year. I had a cot right next to the door of the cabin for whatever reason I bolted straight up in my bed, wide awake, to see a man standing just inside the entrance of the cabin. He was dressed in what I can only describe as something that would resemble a spec ops character out of a video game. I remember thinking what this dude is military, and I noticed quite clearly his eyes glowed red, not like demonic red or anything supernatural more like he had on glasses or goggles that put of a red light. Being 17, a martial artist, and a do-you-even-lift-bro-kinda of guy back then, I started to say W-A-T-F, but he just raised one finger to his lips like to silence me and said, Sure. Next thing I know, I'm waking up, and it is morning. 
Some of the other guys had said they thought they had seen someone in the woods earlier the day before, but ignored it as shadows. Nothing was taken, no one was harmed. Still no clue what that was all about, but here, twenty-something years later, I still remember it vividly. The U.S. Valkyrie, a formidable military submarine, prowled through the dark depths of the ocean, its sleek hull slicing through the water with precision. Inside, the hum of machinery and the distant echoes of conversations filled the air as the crew carried out their duties with practiced efficiency. The familiar scent of metal and seawater lingered, a constant reminder of the unforgiving environment surrounding them. As John stood at his station, monitoring the gauges and screens, his focus was abruptly shattered by a sudden commotion. One of the soldiers positioned near the porthole let out a startled cry, pointing urgently towards the inky blackness outside. He followed his gaze, his heart pounding in his chest. Something was moving in the abyss, something massive and unnatural. A sense of foreboding settled over him as he strained to make out the shape that emerged from the depths. The flickering lights of the submarine revealed elongated limbs and glimmering scales that sent a shiver down his spine. Attempting to warn his teammates, he yelled, his voice drowned out by the alarm bells and the increasing cacophony of panicked voices. And then it happened. Glass shattered, metal groaned, and the unknown creatures breached the submarine. Chaos erupted as the terrifying beings swarmed in their alien forms twisting and contorting through the narrow corridors. John was no more. In the midst of the ensuing struggle, John found himself separated from his fellow soldiers. Forced to fend off the relentless onslaught alone, the creatures moved with a primal hunger, their movements a macabre dance of agility and savagery. He fought back with all his strength, desperately seeking a way to repel these monstrous assailants. But alas, John was no more. I'm Andrew, a Navy SEAL. I was at the gym when I received an assignment, a call from high command to lead a team of Navy SEALs on a mission to uncover the fate of the U.S. Valkyrie. We descended into the abyss, our specialized gear protecting us from the crushing pressures as we ventured deeper into the uncharted underwater cavern where the last signal was. As we penetrated the narrow passageways, we encountered the lifeless, hulking remains of the submarine, its trapped crew frozen in a horrifying tableau of death, all thirty marines dead. The sight sent a chill down my spine, but there was no time for fear. We pressed forward, driven by the need to understand what had transpired. And then, amid the dimly lit cavern, we came face to face with the true horror that had claimed the Valkyrie, a monstrous amalgamation of octopus and shark, its razor, sharp tentacles and gleaming jaws poised for the kill. It was a creature born of nightmares, an apex predator that had adapted to the extreme depths. Trapped in the suffocating darkness, our senses heightened, and we fought with every ounce of strength we possessed. The creature's intelligence and ferocity surpassed our expectations as if it had been waiting for our intrusion. With limited resources and the weight of impending doom pressing upon us, we battled on a relentless struggle for survival. In the depths of that abyss, surrounded by the bodies of fallen comrades and 
the relentless onslaught of the monstrous creature, I realized that we were facing an enemy beyond our comprehension. The fight for our lives became a desperate test of willpower and skill as we grappled with the haunting question, could we emerge from the depths or would we become mere echoes in the dark, forever lost to the unknown terrors that lurked beneath the surface? As the relentless battle waged on, we were pushed to our physical and mental limits. The creature's tentacles lashed out with a deadly precision, while its massive jaws snapped menacingly, seeking to devour any vulnerable prey in its path. The cavern echoed with the sounds of gunfire and the desperate cries of my teammates. We strategized and coordinated our attacks, exploiting every weakness we could find. But the creature seemed to anticipate our every move, evading our bullets and counterattacking with a terrifying ferocity. Its intelligence was undeniable, and it was clear that we were dealing with a force of nature unlike anything we had encountered before. As the hours turned into an endless struggle for survival, the cavern became a twisted labyrinth, each turn leading us deeper into the heart of darkness. Our equipment dwindled, our bodies weakened, but our determination remained unyielding. Failure was not an option. With every passing moment, the line between reality and nightmare blurred. The oppressive darkness seemed to seep into our souls, playing tricks on our minds. Whispers echoed through the depths, insidious voices taunting us with our impending doom. One by one, my comrades fell, consumed by the insatiable hunger of the creature. Their sacrifices fueled my determination, igniting a fire within me that refused to be extinguished. I fought with a renewed vigor, unleashing a final surge of energy against the relentless adversary. In a desperate maneuver, I managed to dodge the creature's deadly grasp and strike a decisive blow. The cavern trembled as the beast let out an otherworldly shriek, its monstrous form convulsing in its death throes. Silence fell upon the battlefield, broken only by the heavy panting of my exhausted breath. With the creature defeated, I surveyed the wreckage of our mission. The bodies of my fallen comrades lay scattered their sacrifice a haunting reminder of the horrors that lurked in the depths. I felt a mixture of sorrow, pride, and survivor's guilt coursing through my veins. As I made my way back to the surface, the weight of the encounter settled upon my shoulders. The ocean's depths held secrets beyond human comprehension, and the unknown creatures that dwelled there were a testament to the unfathomable mysteries of the world.